This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. With Kevin De Bruyne, who sets up a shot and scores. And now it's with Harry Kane, and it's another chance to make it three, and he doesn't miss this time. That's Coutinho for Salah. Oh, that's brilliant. Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. Did you know there was one Premier League player who scored four own goals last season? Crazy, but it's true. But more on that later. Greetings and welcome to episode three of our second podcast season. Hope your week is going well. Today, I'm back with the leader of the Kansas City Spurs fan group, the man whose newborn son has mastered the Delhi Alley eye celebration thing, whatever you call it, and has recapped Kane in his fantasy team. Good man. It's Jared Bustamante. How are you, bud? Oh, just... Just great after this afternoon. <laughs> we might talk about it. Who knows? Uh, and I'm joined once more by the chairman of the Kansas City Gooners, the man whose beer selection could start a new brewery and who thinks every Premier League team needs a Socrates as a defender. Of course. It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? You know, much like Hugo the Reese, I'm back and playing in the match. <laughs> Hey, he's got more points than Arsenal. Anyway, uh, we have another, we have a third person with us this week. Uh, we are delighted today to be joined by the leader of the KC Newton Heath fan group and the man who's more than ready for a new manager at United. Perhaps true. Uh, please welcome Mr. Bo Parker. How are you, bud? Uh, doing good. Just uh, parking the bus in the middle of the crisis and feeling great about it. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. Before we get started on the show, uh, don't forget, guys, you can uh, share us some love on our iTunes ratings page. Uh, all the links are on our social media. So we've got Twitter, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, all the famous ones. And, of course, our website, kickflag.com. Right, let's get the ball rolling with our top three segment where our contestants here try to figure out which stories and games were the most discussed. Three points for guessing number one, two for number two, and so on. Now, Bo, as you're our guest, you're going to get to go first. So out of all the fixtures and all the games that were played over the weekend, what do you think, including today, I should throw that in, uh, what do you think was the most talked about? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit in Boyce's world, and I'm going to say Ozil being dropped from the Arsenal starting eleven. That was not on the list, bud, no. So I'm going to swing it to Jared. So Jared, what do you think made the list? Uh, well, I'm going to go with uh, Spurs 3-0 dismantling of United this afternoon. I love the choice of words there in respect of our guests. But yes, uh, that is certainly uh, number one on our list. And it'll get you those three points, Jared. So nice work on that. So yes, two goals in two minutes from Tottenham sees them cruise past Manchester United earlier today the final score was 3-0 uh for Spurs this is the first time since January 2014 that they've come away with all three points at Old Trafford so it's been uh been quite some time so Jared go ahead and give us your thoughts on uh, Tottenham's performance today I'll, I'll be the first one to say that that scoreline does not uh, uh reflect the dominance of Spurs uh that first half the fact that Lukaku missing the wide open net with that just disastrous giveaway from Danny Rose. James, you and I were texting, and I believe your words were, Danny Rose should be shot. Twitter <laughs> um, sphere just lit up with, you know, did Danny forget who he plays for and all that jazz. But uh, United had, I think they outshot Spurs uh, damn near 3-1, to one, I think. Uh, I believe it was 11-2. to two. I did. Even worse. Grief. <laughs> um, so that, you know, they weathered the storm, though. Um, there was, uh, they were a product of a little bit of uh, good fortune. Uh, Loris, you know, we can, we can talk about whether Nike should or should not have been included in the squad, uh, given what happened over the weekend. Uh, but uh, he had a great game. 
crucial saves and the like. Uh, it is just, uh, you can't, uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody saw Mourinho's post-match, uh, but when asked, the, the media kept pecking at him. And uh, he said, what was the score? The score was 3-0, 3. And the number of Premier League titles I have, <laughs> which is more than the other 19, 19 managers manager. put together. <laughs> Uh, so show some respect. And then he walked out of his post game. Uh, mm-hmm. And if that just doesn't illustrate what is wrong uh, at Old Trafford, but uh, Spurs lit a fire in the second half. And I got to say, uh, if, if you're a Lily white fan, you are just very, very excited uh, with Lucas Mora. Uh, he was by far the brightest part of the first half and uh, uh, coming back in and scoring in the second half was just Absolutely fantastic. With Spurs not signing anybody, not having any transfers coming in, uh, a lot of people looked back uh, uh, at Lucas Moura coming in the January transfer window last year and saying, well, you know, he effectively is that transfer and you know, he can be a bright spot. And so far, uh, he is paying dividends. Mm-hmm. That I agree with. He was uh, he was one of a kind today, that's for sure. All right, Bo, let me get your take on uh, Man United's performance. Um, and do you believe they are officially in crisis? If we're not in crisis, I don't know what we are in at this point. Uh, I mean, you have six out of the starting 11 being swapped out today uh, with just as horrible results as we had against Brighton. And and frankly, if you look back into the first week against Leicester, Leicester pinned us back for the majority of the game, uh, Mm -hmm. other than the few bright spots where we scored. So, um, yeah, I'd say we're fully in crisis mode. And to me, what it looks like, and, and first of all, Props to Spurs Nation today. Uh, first half, I would say, went United's way, but Spurs got what they deserved in the second half, and that is the score of 3-0. Um, to me, you can have all the tactics you want when you're a manager, but if the players are quitting on the manager, it it's not going to work out for anybody. So to me, it looks like the only bright spots with energy were Fred, Luke Shaw, and Lingard. Everyone else looked like their legs were heavier than the rest of them, and they did not want to play. They did not care about the game plan. You look at the body language of subs coming off. Um, and to be honest, what epitomizes United right now, um, if you go back and look at when Alexi Sanchez came on for Ander Herrera, Jose actually shoves Ander Herrera back onto the pitch, mm-hmm. that, meaning yeah. he didn't even know who we just subbed. So... If that doesn't signify crisis mode, um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to call it at this point. I don't have a fix. I, the, the performances are, you know, not up to snuff, but at the same time, it, it, it's been the indicative of United playing the victim since the end of Sir Alex at the end of his era, and you know that that doesn't that mentality doesn't seem to have an end in sight. Mm-hmm. They've had this such decline since uh, Sir Alex has has left them. You know, they had Aussie Moyes that clearly didn't work out. They had uh, Van Gaal, of course, similar story. Um, so, what is? I mean, who is the fix for this uh, for this United team, in your opinion? Ah, I mean, it, there's so many things to look at. It's are the players quitting on the manager? Mm-hmm. Is the manager the problem? Is the board and the front office the problem? There's a collective negativity, and to, to pinpoint that source, we've already blamed two managers. Fine. We have a manager who has been you know, on his three-year plan at Madrid, Inter, uh, Chelsea, and now at United, which seems to be right on schedule, mm-hmm. as my fantasy team is named. <laughs> uh, nice. You know, that, that could be a fix, but also at the same time you have 
a team that has a surplus of cash that just doesn't want to shell it out for anything. And you have a manager calling out for players and they just won't give them to him. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I think we need a true leader as a player. I think we need a new manager and I think we need a new chairman. Well, time will certainly tell if that all comes United's way. Uh, Boyce, as the somewhat neutral fan of the game, what was your, uh, what was your overall takeaway? Neutral. <laughs> I have to use that word. There's no other words. <laughs> I actually think neutral is a fair descriptor there, given the fact that I absolutely despise Jose Mourinho at almost the level that I despise Tottenham. I, <laughs> I think the problems with United really do stem from the fact that when Danny Rose turns that ball over, if Lukaku puts it in the back of the net, we're not having a similar conversation to what we're having right now. Old Trafford gets into the match. I think it's a little bit different. But the other reality is when you look at this United formation, which was originally a 3-5-1-1 with master tactician Jose Mourinho at the helm, and you have Phil Jones, Chris Smalling, and Ander Herrera occupying the three center, central defensive spots, you're going to have problems. And Jose Mourinho, after when they went down 1-0, decided that subbing Ander Herrera for Alexis Sanchez was somehow going to work. And things just got worse. It's just a situation where, on the Alexis front, just because I like to dunk on him whenever I can, in 2018, Nacho Monreal has six goals and Alexis has three. And the rest of the team, I think Bo's right. I, I think you have some bright spots, but I, you know, when Pogba's not in the match, when you're subbing Matic and Fellaini back and forth, that midfield's a problem. Uh, I don't think tactically they figured out what they're trying to do. Uh, in terms of wide players, I know he scored a goal in the first match, but Luke Shaw's not the answer at left wing. And, you know, Antonio Valencia is old. The central defense of this team is terrible. The wings, in terms of defense, are not suited for a back three, I don't think. And I think you saw it today. You know, there is a lineup amongst this conglomeration of players that I think is capable of winning some matches. So when inevitably Mourinho gets fired and melts down, you know, it's Pogba quitting on him here. It was Hazard quitting on him at Chelsea. Everybody ends up quitting on Jose Mourinho because they just get tired of his crap. And to give Spurs credit, they survived that first half. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, when you get outshot 11-2, to the reality was, I think when I looked at it, United had 11 shots, but only two were on frame. Uh, Spurs had two shots, but one was on frame. You know, that ratio is not that distinct. Spurs stayed in the match, and then Kane scored. Lucas fires in a brace, and the match is over. And I honestly think once they hit the second half and Tottenham put the pedal down, there was just nothing that United could do. And I I think you have to give, even as an Arsenal fan, you have to give Spurs credit here. Going to Old Trafford, even against a subpar United team, and coming out with a clean sheet and three goals is is something to be lauded. Mm -hmm. But I will touch on the Hugo Lloris thing, just because I brought it up earlier and it's been referenced. He should have never been in this match. Ooh, uh, interesting. Okay. That, I know that the disciplinary procedures are a little bit different from the EPL and the NFL or other American sports, primarily just because in England, players really aren't driving that frequently. There's access to public transportation. There's a lot of other things that in a lot of American cities they don't have. It's certainly not as readily available. But what example does it set when your captain is out, is drunk driving, runs into something, and then... There's no suspension. There's no reference to it, and he starts. It's inexcusable in this time with ride-sharing services and all of that other stuff for the captain of your team to be doing this. Larice made that decision. He went out. He got cited for it, 
and it has been more of a joke than it's been anything else. And he absolutely should not have played. It should have been Michelle Vorm. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a different result. I think it's going to be interesting to see what Spurs, if anything, do to uh, to Hugo Lloris in terms of sanctions. Because you saw even at the end of the game, I mean, uh, Pochettino was giving him a huge hug and congratulating him. There was no suggestion that was any kind of like, well, you did do a bad thing, but we'll let it go. Anyway, I guess we'll see. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and move on, though. Uh, so, Boyce, you're up. We have second and third spots still to guess. So what do you think? Uh, I want to talk about the Super Mario Brothers goal that Wolverhampton scored this weekend. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is not on the list either. Oh, hang on. I'm sorry. I'm completely wrong. It is on the list. I'm sorry. That better be on the list. (laughs) I was like, wait. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm sorry. I had to to cross-reference, but it's on the list. Uh, And that will actually give you two points. So congratulations on that. Uh, The key subject on this one, though, was that the title holders survive a scare to manage to take a point away from newly promoted Wolves. The final score was one-to-one. Um... City conceded the opening goal in a league game for the first time in 18 games uh, when they lost 4-3 to to Liverpool on the 14th of January. So, boys, question for you. Were City robbed of a penalty and a Wolves goal that shouldn't have stood? Yes. Great, let's move on. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I mean, there's more to to go into it, but I think that this was a match where, just to spike the football in, in Jared's end zone for a second, VAR would have been extremely useful given the fact that Manchester City definitely deserved a PK and that goal was unquestionably a handball and like (laughs) it would have taken 15 seconds to walk over to a monitor and fix that or just have somebody get in his ear and tell him you know it's always exciting when the underdog pulls ahead especially against Manchester City especially because from my perspective as an Arsenal fan I don't want the invincible streak to go down I don't want there to be another invincible so I am more than happy to pull my, I think it's the 1972 Miami Dolphins where they always get together and they celebrate whenever the last team loses. Uh, I'll happily <laughs> yeah. do that every year. Everyone I, loves those guys. You're right. <laughs> without question. I'm happy to occupy that rarefied air. Um, but I think here it, it's easy to get lost in the fact that it would have been nice to see Manchester City lose. But I think that they just played suboptimally. You could tell that they definitely missed De Bruyne. I don't know if I buy any of that World Cup-related exhaustion excuse. They have enough players to just absolutely demolish Arsenal. So I don't think that, you know, three matches later, Wolverhampton caught them in some sort of hangover. But again, who knows what happens if a clearly wrongfully awarded goal isn't counted Mm -hmm. and Manchester City inevitably score, which they did through Laporte, which was the sort of weirdest result out of all of this that he was the one that ended up scoring for City to save them I actually fully expected when he scored I think it was around the 70th minute for City to come storming back and score another one so I think (laughs) yeah I think good on Wolves for that I I think I think initially we all would have argued that Manchester City and Liverpool were the two best teams it certainly looks like Chelsea and Spurs are going to question that or at least put that into question I think it's surprising for them to drop two points at Wolves, and it would have been incredibly shocking for them to be able to do so in that fashion and not come away with at least a point. Mm -hmm. But Wolverhampton's first goal should have never stood. There was a penalty. There was Laporte's goal. Probably if VAR is imposed upon this match, Manchester City comes out with three points, and we're probably talking about Mesut Ozil's phantom illnesses in, instead of this match. Mm. Uh, Bo, as a, as a huge rival fan, obviously, to uh, Manchester City, is it hard to see, uh, this is more of a, a question on the grander scale of things, but is it hard to see their, their rise to success over the last, obviously, last few years? 
As a Rivals fan, I mean, definitely. But it, it does show the things that they're doing with their youth development, the things that they're doing in the transfer market. They're not, they are spending a ton of money, but they're not spending stupid money. Mm-hmm. They're going out and finding the Sanes, who are they know are going to develop into a star. They're finding the young Sterling. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the book uh, Soccernomics, but it's a perfect model of find, buying young and letting develop into a player in their prime that is going to be able to compete at the level of your club. Mm-hmm. Um, they are buying smartly. So does it upset me? Yes. Am I envious? Yes. Do I really care if it was a handball or not? No. Um, <laughs> honestly, as, as a note on the game uh, this weekend, I, I, I do want to give credit to uh, Wolves. I, I don't really think they're is a more underappreciated player than Ruben Neves, who, I mean, three years ago they were talking was one of the best young center mid prospects in Europe, and Wolves to get him while they're in the championship was a complete coup. And he's one of my more favorite players to watch every single weekend. So, I mean, they did play well. Mm-hmm. I, I will give them credit in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared, what are, you, uh, what are your opinions on the future of these Wolves? I, if Rui Patricio plays the way he did today, like ever again, then yeah, it's bright. Uh, you know, they're big moves, you know, bringing the manager over. I mean, this is, uh, it, it was kind of a fun team or a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. we've talked earlier about, you know, what would it take to unlock uh, City? And uh, I think that the answer to that is, you know, I think they're smart. The uh, absolute non-handball goal that happened, you know, no way. Um, off a set piece, you know, so uh, maybe, uh, you know, there are going to be a lot of other teams studying this film. It's going to be, I I think of all the teams that are promoted, I think the Wolves are going to be the one to watch. Uh, But Jared, we are back with you. We've got one more spot and it is third place still to guess. So what do you think it is? Uh, Newcastle choking it away against Chelsea. That, and I've double checked the list here. That is not it, unfortunately. What? <laughs> this you suck, James. I, I know. I, I really do. So, Bo, we are back to you. Can you guess what fixture was third on the well, list? I'm going to go off the wall here and say Chelsea's potential sale from Roman Abramovich. Uh, not on the list either. Boyce, you're going to get one more shot and then I'm going to reveal it. What do you think it was, Boyce? Oh, man. Uh, just because I'm sure none of us actually watched it because I don't think it was on anything but NBC Sports Gold, AFC Bournemouth versus Everton in the double red card. Not on it either. The actual answer was Burnley and Fulham. <laughs> Combining for six. Combining for six goals, thanks to a brace from Mitrovic. The final score was 4-2 to the Cottagers. Who would have thought it made the list, but it did. Um, so, Jared, let None me... None th- of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that point was not earned. Uh, Jared, let me throw this question to you real quick then about Fulham. Uh, again, kind of like Wolves, a team that have come up from the uh, lower league. What do we see for this Fulham team uh, moving forward into the season? Uh, to still baffled the fact that Andre Shirola plays for Fulham. I learned this uh, when when they played Spurs last week. Um Again, you know, another newly promoted side. I wonder if we're seeing kind of a new uh, a new trend here. Some of these championship sides really taking advantage of, you know, as as Bo alluded to, kind of poaching some young uh, potential uh, in Europe, as well as uh, you know, convincing some uh, elder statesmen to come in and kind of shepherd some of these young players. I mean, you're looking at Fulham. We're three weeks in. They're sitting at eleventh. They've got 
they've got their three points. I mean, it's so very early days, but, uh, you know, they're scoring goals. And uh, mm-hmm. there's one thing that, uh, especially Crystal Palace from last year, that took until, I don't know, Thanksgiving to score a goal. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, something silly like that. I mean, these teams are uh, playing some exciting football, and uh, if you're a supporter, uh, uh, you can't ask for much more. Bo, United face uh, Burnley as their next fixture, but Burnley uh, haven't had any wins in their first three games, so do you think they might pinch some points off United? Well, there is something that happens when both teams turn the pitch into a parking lot of buses. So <laughs> Burnley are very tactically sound they don't beat themselves they take opportunities as they've come going back to the united brighton match uh, brighton credit to them i mean they absolutely killed united whenever they had a chance do i have any faith in united right now keeping things controlled and in front of them there's no communication in the squad right now i i do think burnley could take points i see Perhaps a draw or, I mean, even Burnley squeaking out a 1-0 win, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm also in the, the bottom of a, a misery pit of despair right now. So um, <laughs> anything really is possible. We don't have any anything that we can see as far as a glimmer of hope for United right now. Um, I think it is going to be a tumultuous um, time between the games here. You know, Jose walked out of his presser today with, you know, really out without throwing any players under the bus. But, you know, when you throw players under a park bus, I don't really know how that's a bad thing anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, enough bus puns. Um, I do see Burnley taking points. I just really have, there, there is no compass for this United team right now. They're, they've, they're changing tactics. They're unsure about personnel. There is no continuity or chemistry. So Burnley is a squad that is crafty and will take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boyce, your perspective on the Burnley situation. I mean, they ended up uh, seventh uh, from last season, almost pushing Arsenal for that sixth spot. Uh, where do you see Burnley this time? Same kind of thing? Uh, not even close. Not if they're going to have performances like this. This Fulham team defensively is at sixes and sevens. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm feeling fortunate. The match that I'm watching when I'm in London this year is Arsenal at Fulham, and there might be 20 goals uh, by the time that match is done. And Burnley, I don't even, you'd have to go to last season and look. I don't even want to count. I'm sure it's on one hand, the number of matches in which Burnley scored two goals. Uh, Certainly the same for the number of matches in which Burnley shipped four goals. Burnley just doesn't have the offensive firepower to be able to deal with an EPL season. And you worry about them because I think uh, Thursday is the final match for the Europa League qualification. And at this point, if I'm Sean Dyche, I look at our... You know, I look at Burnley's league form, I see that we're in 18th and they have one point with a negative four goal differential, and I just throw that Europa League match. It's not worth it. Burnley don't have the squad for it, they don't have the depth for it, and they don't need it. Uh, it would be far, far better for them as a club to just lose that qualification match this week and go into an EPL season where the only thing that they have to worry about are the cups and actual qualification and staying and not getting relegated. Uh there's a lot to worry about there, and you wonder from an ownership standpoint whether or not they're be going to be willing in January if things continue down this path uh, to actually spend a little bit of money to ensure that they stay up. I, you have teams that have some severe problems this year, but we've talked about the situation that Fulham, Fulham and Wolverhampton have put money into their squads. Mm-hmm. They may only have three points and two points respectively right now, but there's talent on that team. I mean, Fulham this weekend brought Ryan Sessegnon off the bench. You know, there's... Just so much creativity in that team. Suri scored a beautiful goal. They have Sherla 
You know, Mitrovic, who's firing goals in the back of the net, that team's going to score, and you know maybe they can't defend, but they're going to be okay. Burnley's on the opposite end. If they can't defend and they can't score, I think they're going to be hanging out with Cardiff at the bottom of the table for the rest of the season. Uh, let's swiftly move on, guys, to our next game, which is a awesome return, if we can call it that, of Rumor Mill. Uh, yes, each player is going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something I made up. That's my creative brain. So it's basically true or false. Uh, two points per correct guess. And Boyce, you are up first with this one. Paris Saint-Germain are about to offer Spurs £100 million for their Danish attacking midfield fielder christian erickson true or false no way <laughs> uh it's actually true apparently no respect. no respect that is ridiculous <laughs> you're ridiculous uh newspapers are ridiculous uh the sunday express published that delightful read uh a couple of days ago uh of course the foreign windows are still open until the next few days i believe so who knows it might happen let's hope it doesn't um cash but- in on that 100 million for erickson win maybe um bo this next one's for you bud uh liverpool have emerged as new frontrunners in the christian pulisic race as the club are said to be mounting a 150 million pound bid for america star man for the next summer true or false i mean 150 is way too much for pulisic right now i i will say false False is correct, sir. Nice work on that, and that'll get you those two points. Yep, uh, that is complete garbage. I made that up. Uh, maybe 150 million was too high. Maybe I should have gone lower, but uh, nice work, but that'll get you those points. Only one point behind United right now, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, Jared, this last one is for you. Uh, Belgian forward Eden Hazard would have left Chelsea for Real Madrid had Zinedine Zidane remain in charge of the Spanish club. True. Yes, sir. That is, in fact, true. So I'll get you those two points. Uh, Talksport.com uh, wrote words that I just read. So uh, nice work on that, Jerry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, let's swiftly move on to our last, uh, our last contest of the day, which is, of course, a fan favorite. It is player profile uh, so a quick reminder I'll provide five different clues to a Premier League player each clue easier than the last first person to shout their name and correctly guess said player wins the two points but you only get one guess though as an incorrect shot does freeze you out uh, this week's category is titled own goal superstars uh, so to kind of elaborate on that it is players who have scored own goals in the last three Premier League seasons okay so just to kind of throw that one out there all right here we go then player number one has been with his club since 2011 uh plays for the English national team Bo. yes Bo. Bo Jones. wow look at that <laughs> <laughs> he is good lord he is good at this as, as soon as you started the category um Phil Jones is a god of own goals <laughs> Well, you nailed it, bud. Uh, you got the two points. And just to rub it in, his own goal was against Spurs last season when he was trying to clear a Trippier cross. Good times. Good memories. Um, player number two is Argentinian. He plays for Manchester City. Has yet to play for the club this season. Boy. Yes, boys. 
Nicholas Odomendi. Nicholas Odomendi, sir. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. The other clues were plays as a defender. His first name is Nicholas. And his specific own goal was against Huddersfield when he takes the flick on while trying to clear a corner. And, of course, it ends up out of Edison's reach. Good times. Uh, Player number three plays for Crystal Palace. He is an Englishman. Played for Liverpool for six years. Hasn't scored a single goal for Palace. First name is Martin. This is a tough one. Any guesses? Any guesses? Jared's thinking about it. George R.R. Martin. Oh, you know what? That would be great. It wasn't. Uh, all right, time's up. I'm going to tell you guys. It was Martin Kelly. Martin Kelly, that guy. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> his own goal wow. against Chelsea, uh, believe it or not, he uh, hit the Palace goalkeeper with the ball while trying to clear his lines, and, of course, it ends up in the back of the net. Uh, let's move on to player number four, who is a Colombian. Spending his second season at his current... Jared. Yes, Jared. Davison Sanchez. Damn, too easy for you, bud. Yes, that is correct. It was Davison Sanchez. Uh, his own goal, of course, was against the Saints. Uh, Bertrand Cross that came off Sanchez's boot and flied mm-hmm. past Lloris. Sad times, but it did happen last season. So that'll get you those two points. And our last player of the contest is a goalkeeper. <laughs> it, it's from the <laughs> Czech Republic. Boy. Yes, boys. Peter Jack. Oh, man. I wanted to read all the clues out, but you beat me to it. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. The other clues, what the hell, uh, has only kept 201 clean sheets in his 438 appearances, used to play for Chelsea, now suffers at the Gunners. Uh, I mean, plays for the Gunners. Sorry. Sorry, I got that wrong. Uh, but yes, it is Peter <laughs> Czech. And his own goal was against the Saints. Uh, Shane Long's free kick that bounced off Czech's back. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that voice, but good times indeed. He almost scored an exquisite one earlier this campaign. He did, actually. Yeah, I forgot about that one. He uh, he tried to clear it. It would have been almost David Ospina-esque. <laughs> uh, hey, we have one quick bonus question here. I'm going to throw this in as a new uh, feature for our episode. Uh, for two precious points, Google's at the ready. Which player from last season scored four own goals in a single season? Anyone have any idea? Jared. Yes, Jared. <laughs> Lewis Dunk. Lewis Dunk, sir. Did you Google that ahead of time? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you the lead-in was there. The lead-in was there. Well, hey, you get the two points anyway. That's the game, folks. Uh, the final scores. Bo, congratulations, bud. You've come away with four points. Boyce, you have come away with six. But the winner today is Jared with a whopping nine points, sir. How do you feel? Oh, my God. I don't know. It's been so long. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. <laughs> Well, sir, that does officially tie the scores across the board for the season at 1-1 to to with the guest score. Um, so congratulations on that. Um, Bo, thanks again for coming on to today's show, bud. Um, why don't you give us a quick, uh, a quick breakdown, if you will, of your, uh, of your Newton Heath fan group. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so new group as of March. We are in the Kansas City area, just trying to get as many fans as possible to show up. Um, you know, today was the first Strange Days Derby at Strange Days Brewing Company. Nice. Uh, we had you guys, the KC Spurs there, you know, we had about 10 people turn out, but 
uh, between the groups. But uh, again, it's Monday during a work day. So, uh, you know, we're happy to share space with any group, any Man U fans that want to join up with us. Uh, Newton Heath KC on Facebook as well as on Twitter. Very nice, bud. Very nice. And um, I'm sure we'll get the, the derbies rolling as the as the season moves on. Uh, but that's all we have time for, guys. Uh, big thanks once again to Jared Bustamante and Boyce Richardson. And, of course, uh, Bo Parker. Thanks for, again for joining us, bud. Uh, as I mentioned, don't forget to check out our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. They're all there. Uh, so do check them out. Um, guys, any final thoughts? Jared? Until next week, my friend. Until next week, Boyce. I'm really excited for Arsenal versus Cardiff when the irresistible force meets the immovable object, a team with no goals against Arsenal's back line. What could possibly happen? Everything's going to be 4-0 Cardiff. <laughs> uh, Bo? Somebody get me off this bus. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on, Bo. Appreciate it. And until next time.